Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VFM 88.1. My name is Murio Mob Justice Kavaz and I'll be in studio with you until about 7 p.m. right here from our studios in Bramfontein, Johannesburg. Uh, who's to say that the world of business can't, uh, can't be exciting? Uh, make sure you hold on to your seats uh, because uh, it's going to be quite an interesting show for us. Um, coming up for today, it is our second brand new heavy um, uh, for the month of um, for the month of for the month of April 2019 uh, so it should be uh, quite an interesting one we've got a young man uh, who is in uh, in an interesting business uh, because he has started a brand um, that uh, one day uh, we are all going to be wearing on our shoes uh, when we're when we're playing soccer uh, so we're going to be having uh, Musa Maluleka uh, who is uh, the founder of Disky which makes soccer boots who's going to be in studio with with us uh, so that's how the show is going to be looking otherwise uh, for the rest of the show uh, we're going to be giving you our business wrap that's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of our um, top trending business and economics news um, that's going to be with our financial expert that's Zanele Kunene who is our financial advisor from BDO. Otherwise uh, we're also going to be having our Bill Buffalo Index. Uh, that's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of what your 100 rand looks like um, uh, for this week. Uh, so definitely make sure you tune in for that. Remember that you can uh, keep in touch with us on social media. Uh, we are our that's uh, Vow FM or Vow FM 88.1 and then on Facebook we have Vow FM that's Voice of Vits and then you can also find our Vits Radio Academy uh, Facebook page as well on Twitter we're at Vow FM and then our hashtag is hashtag business bus and then our WhatsApp line is 084-0784-912 remember that podcasts of the business bus show are available on vits.journalism.co.za forward slash business so that's it that's how the show is looking on the other side of this we are gonna get straight into it as i said we are here until 8 p.m remember this is the business buzz the, the business buzz it's time for us to get into the business wrap. That's a part of the show. We'll give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And on the line, we are joined by a financial expert. That's uh, Zanele Kunene from BDO Wealth Advisors. How are you, Zanele? Um, I don't know, hey, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> the consumer, however, the Consumer Confidence Index says I am neither optimistic nor am I pessimistic. Really? That's Please, can you shed some light on, on that for us? Let me let you know. So the Consumer Confidence Index, you know, what it shows, what it displays is the degree of optimism, you know, one has or a consumer has on the state of the economy. Yeah. You know, this is expressed through their activities in savings or spending or even just their personal financial situation. So what it showed was that in the final quarter of 2018, we were at a plus seven. And now as... um. Now, for the first quarter of 2019, we had a plus two. So we had a massive fall down from, from seven to two. Um, but what this actually shows is that consumers do not have a positive economic um, view on 2019 or for the next 12 months. They're just literally like staying at 2019. Like, honestly, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I read the Momentum UNISA Household Wealth Report. And what this showed was that in 2018, about 6.3% of the household's real net wealth was wiped out over the course of one year. And that this is, is crazy. Um, this is, 
Yeah, this is like the highest dip um, since the 2008 um, global financial crisis in which we suffered like a 15.6% reduction in our wealth, in the household wealth. Yeah. And it was due to um, increase in consumer price inflation, um, non-performance or maybe flat performance of some financial assets. And we saw this in the office when we were busy reviewing um, investment portfolios. You know, we had to have really tough conversations with clients and like, 2018, yeah, markets are bad. And all the clients are like, I want, I want my money in cash, put my money in cash. And we're like, no, no, investment is long term. You need to stick with the ride, man. Um, and investors feel exactly the same as they look into us as an emerging market. They're literally also neither optimistic nor pessimistic. You know, they're just like waiting as well. Um, they're waiting also for the upcoming elections. You know, they're like, what's going to happen? Uh, Madiwa, I know you read quite a lot and you might have seen this in a couple of articles where they say, if the elections go well, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean with you? What does that mean for you? If the elections go well, what what is that? What what is it? I think it's just like um, the approach that investors, for example, have taken that whole um, wait and watch approach thing. Like, if if things go well, then you know we can proceed. Uh, but if not. You know, I don't think anyone wants to commit to anything at the moment. That's what it means uh, to me. I don't know. I think, yeah, I, I partly agree. Actually, I partly. fully agree. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I fully agree. The retail sales data, I think they also agree with us somehow. Um, in... Um, when was this? In Ma in when was it? In Feb we had about a one point one one point two percent um within a one point two percent and now in March we had a one point one percent. So we didn't do that bad, you know. We we performed way better than we thought we would. Consumers were actually engaging with the with um with the economy because we, we weren't expecting that because if we look at what was, what's been happening with the with us as consumers we've had an increased cost of living the price of living is high guys yep um you know we've had the prolonged labor strikes people striking over delivery um service of delivery yep. we've also had a massive fall in the rand exchange rate mm. and we see this with the oil price we see this when we pull up our tanks you know and the scary thing is uh, the Central Energy Fund noted that in May there might be another uh, fuel hike. Mm. So we need to be prepared for that. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but this is, <laughs> this is largely due to the movements in the currency. When I checked today, um, the rand was at about 14 rand, uh, 14 rand 50. Um, and the international oil prices as well are also, you know, affecting um, the price of fuel. Because um, we also know that the U.S. placed a couple of sanctions, not a couple, but they placed a sanction on Iran as well. So that's, that's impacting um, the price of oil. But just to speak about um, who has benefit, SASO has benefit. Their, their share price went up. But just something to note on SASO. Um, they completed a new plant um, within the expected time frame as well as in with the, within the expected allocated budget. Oh, wow. I don't know, but is ESCOM listening? Because <laughs> ESCOM needs to listen to this. Yeah. The Reserve Bank said, um, they said something super scary. They said that if load shedding continues, we risk losing over 100,000 jobs. 100,000? Um, over 100,000 jobs. They've even broken it down. It's, it's crazy, it's crazy. Um, and they also expected, or they also said that we might lose, we might, be, we might shave off 1.1% of our growth 
uh, for the 2019 uh, for the 2019 year. And if we already look at ourselves as a country, we had like a 1.4 percent growth or forecasted growth. So if you're removing 1.1 percent, like what what then is 2019? What what then? You know what what are we, what are we doing? There's, um, there's hardly anything to save us in such a such a scenario. You know, it's such a somber thing to look at. Um, but if we look at inflation, um, so what? So I just want to first say to Iskom, we don't need this negative energy, pun intended. <laughs> I was going to ask you a heart. In terms of inflation, um, in February we had 4.1%, yeah. and in March we had 4.5%. So we don't need to be that, we don't have to be too concerned because we are still within that 3% and 6% um, target bracket. So the Reserve Bank has kept us within that. We are not Venezuela, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we are okay. We are okay. Um, we are okay, and I think that's where I could end it. We are okay. Okay, cool. So, just, just you know, your thoughts. Uh, maybe not your thoughts, but uh, the fuel price increase has. Is there any indication on how much that might go up with? Because I think I've also heard rumblings about that. But in terms of like a number, like we need to brace ourselves. Like, is has anyone actually said what that number will be, or is it yet to be announced? I think it's yet to be a uh, yet to be announced. But the Central Energy Fund. Um, yeah, it's yet to be announced. I also don't want to commit to anything that I've read. They might have overestimated or underestimated. Yeah. So let's just brace for it. Let's just budget wisely. <laughs> let's all hike. <laughs> mm. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's not advice. Do not hike. It's not safe. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to expect. I haven't mentioned, um, they haven't given any stats yet of what to expect. Okay, cool. So that was us on the line with our financial experts, Zanele Kunene, just giving us a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. And as you heard, uh, Consumer Confidence Index um, is looking a bit better uh, together with some of the retail sales figures. This in spite of the fact that uh, South African consumers are going through the most at the moment, uh, what with rising electricity prices, um, energy prices on the side of fuel, uh, which also then leads to um, transport prices. And then you also hearing that there's a possibility of a fuel price hike um, coming in May. Uh, so we have a lot to brace. We have a lot to brace for. Uh, so as ordinary people, there's a lot that uh, is, is putting pressure on our pockets. So thank you so much to Zanade. She is our financial expert from uh, BDO Wealth Advisors. On the other side of this, we tell you the state of your 100 rand. You're tuned in to the business bus. It's time for us to tell you the state of your 100 rand with our Buffalo Index as a part of the show where we let you know what a 100 rand can do for you in realistic terms uh, today on the 25th of April 2019. So since today our brand new heavy is uh, into soccer boots, we decided that we're going to compile a list of some of the top um, soccer boots in the world and just see what those prices look like and what um, your 100 rand can actually do for you. Um, so on the side of premium, uh, premium football boots, whether you're going to call them 
cleats, whether you're going to call them studs, and whether you're a midfielder, defender, a forward, a striker, everybody. Um, this is uh, what's considered to be the top 10 list, according to Shoe Advisor. So at number 10, uh, they have uh, the Adidas Performance Men's Ace. Uh, that's uh, the 18.3 FG. And that one's going to cost you between 6 and 20 buffaloes. So on the higher end, that pair of shoes is going to cost around uh, 2,000 rand. So that's uh, 20 hundred rand bills that that you're going to need there. And then uh, at number 9, they've got the Nike Mercurial Superfly. Uh, CR7, uh, which on the top end is coming in at uh, 26 buffaloes or 2,600 rand. And then at number 8, you have uh, Puma's uh, Evil Power Vigor 4 uh, graphic, which on the top end, uh, this one is a bit better because this one is coming in at uh, just around 9 buffaloes, which is around uh, 900 rand. And then the Nike Tempo Legend 8 is coming in at number 7. Uh, on the high end, that one is coming in at uh, 35 buffaloes or 3 3,400 rand for that pair. At uh, number... Number six, I hope I pronounced this word correctly uh, because this middle part is all Nike. Uh, it's uh, the Nike Mercurial Veloce uh, 3, uh, which is uh, coming in at uh, exactly um, 2,000 Rand or 20 Buffaloes. And then you have your, uh, you have the Nike uh, Vapor 9 uh, that's coming in at around, uh, that's an, it's an, it's got an interesting price because this one you can actually get it for um, just around. 400 rand but you can also on the top end get it for 4000 rand which is uh, around 40 buffaloes at number four you have the adidas performance uh, nemesis uh, messy shoe uh, which is coming in at around 73 buffaloes or 7300 rand and then at number three you have uh, the puma one uh, 17.45 uh, that's coming in uh, another reasonable shoe that's uh, just 12 buffaloes or 1200 rand and then at number two, you have the Nike Hyper Venom Phantom 3 uh, Dynamic Fit, uh, which is coming in at around uh, 38 buffaloes or 3,800 rand. And then number one, what Shoe Advisor considers to be uh, the number one uh, football boot. If you actually look at it, it's actually the simplest boot on the shoe. If you if you actually go online and look at that, what the shoe actually looks like. And this one is coming in uh, at around 35 buffaloes or 3,500 rand. It's uh, the Adidas Performance Copa Mundial. It's a very simple looking shoe. Everything else looks so exotic um, that's on the list. So that's it in terms of our Buffalo Index. Your 100 rand, unfortunately, can't get you any soccer boot that is on our list unfortunately uh, but we're going to be talking uh, to a to a young man who has delved into the industry um, on the other side of this as we get into our brand new heavy this is the business buzz on the business buzz it is our second brand new heavy for 2019 um, here on the Business Buzz. Uh, but before we get into all of that stuff, remember that you, you can keep in touch with us on Facebook. We are Vow FM. That's the voice of Vitz. And then you can also find our other Facebook page. That's Vitz Radio Academy. And then on Twitter, we're at Vow FM. And then our hashtag is hashtag Business Buzz. So it's time for us to get into our brand new heavy. Um, in studio, we're joined by Musa Maluleka, who is a 19 year old entrepreneur uh, who is uh, from Atteridgeville yeah yeah Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, studying accounting sciences at Vitz. Uh, he's also part of the Alan Gray Orbis Foundation. Founder and creator uh, of uh, 
It's disky, right? Yeah, I'm disky. pronouncing that word yeah, correctly. Yeah, cool. uh, Which is a combination of the word disky. Uh, so, and how do I pronounce the Afrikaans word? Siki. Ah, there we go. And then through this, uh, he wants to... I, I like the way that this is phrased because he says through this, he aims to establish a deep sense of unity in our diverse cultures as we take Africa to the world. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Mm. So... Musa, how are you? I'm good, thanks. And how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I, I, people don't know this, but then Musa was actually part of the Business Buzz team. Yeah. Last yeah. year. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, so it's good to see this homecoming. You know, it's like a full circle, you know, because someone who was with us is now on the other side of the mic. So, you know, it's pretty dope. Uh, so can you just let us know uh, just what does uh, Disky actually do and uh, w- how did you come up with the idea? Yeah, so basically, I'm from the townships. I'm from the township of Hartridgeville. Yeah. I played soccer since I was about 11 years old. Yeah. So I've been playing what we call Kasi football. Yeah. Disky. Yeah. So as I've been playing, it's like soccer made me the person that I am. Mm. It helped me gain confidence until I was able to grow up and then qualify to come to Vets and get Darling Grey Obis Foundation scholarship. So it's through soccer that I gained confidence in my life. Yeah. So soccer is something that inspired me. So I wanted to find something that will help me inspire the kids in the township mm. to, to believe in their dreams. Yeah. But then I didn't know what to do because I was still young. So I was still trying to find my purpose. Yeah. But then I identified a it's like I identified a gap in the township soccer industry, or actually let me say the whole African soccer industry. Mm. I realized that there was no African soccer boot brand that's competing with these big global brands like your Nike and Adidas. Mm. Hence the ideation of Disky. Yeah. Yeah. And then how does uh, how does that process actually work? Um, like the designing, you know, all of that. Yeah. So basically. I worked on this concept since about last year, August. Mm. So basically, it was research and development. You look at how soccer boots are made. Mm. You look at where soccer boots are made. So it was constant research and development, asking players, would they like an African soccer boot brand? Mm. After that, you look at the materials. And then after from there, you look at the factory, where they can make your shoe. I did that for about two months. I found that there was no factory who makes soccer boots here in South Africa. Yeah which presented a challenge to me. <laughs> so everyone who I told about this idea that I want to make a soccer boot brand told me it's impossible. Yeah. We don't do it that here in South Africa. Yeah. So basically I had to I had to decide do I give up or do I keep on going on? Yeah. But then because of the passion that I have of making a difference in the townships, yeah. it kept me going until I did more research, did more research until I was able to find a factory in Asia who makes soccer boots. Mm. Then I was able to find the person I built a relationship with him, we started talking, and then I told him, okay, I want, I'm want. i looking to build this. Mm. And then he talked, we had a personal relationship, and then told me, let me send you a sample of this design. This design, basically, we worked on it. It's, it was me and him, and then I chose one of his designs that he's making. Yeah. So basically, this is not a design that I made specifically myself. Mm. It, it was like a collaboration. It, it was like a collaboration. Mm. And then he brought through the sample, and then I liked it. We tested it with my friends. Mm. We saw that it was nice. And then now, basically, I was like, let me order 100 pairs. Start small. Because basically, I'm using my own money to start this business. Yeah. <laughs> because that was actually going to be one of one of the big questions. Like, how are you funding all yeah, of this? Yeah. Basically, so, 
my mom taught me how to save since since from a young age. Uh-huh. So basically in grade one she would give me two rand and then she would tell me save it. Yeah. So I got that habit of saving money since primary. Mm. So basically what I told my mom, I think about grade six, I told her, don't give me money, just hold it. Mm. We'll just aggregate it every single time. Mm. So basically from about grade six until metric, I didn't receive pocket money. The money that I received in metric, the 20 rands that I got every single day, I saved it up. And then I came here to vets, mm. got a scholarship, a scholarship with gifts. Mm. Uh, I can say a substantial good amount of allowance. Mm. And then I saved all that money. Mm. Until I was able to have a good, as like a proper capital yeah. to start out. Yeah. Then from there, I used that money to start up my business. Yeah. That is quite fascinating. Yeah. How how do you keep yourself from liking things? Liking things in what sense? Like liking nice things. Like how do you keep yourself from? Um, because you said you're taught to save, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes there's this thing called impulse buying. Yeah. Right. You walk into a shop, and you see something nice. Yeah, and then you say I want to buy it. Like, how have you kept yourself from from doing that? Yeah, so basically, all my life I've been looking at really successful people, like your millionaires, mm. and I dreamt of being like those people. Yeah, but then because you're from the township, you're not told you can be like those people. Yeah, so every single time I motivate myself, I read motivational books about how people do things, how successful mm. people do things. Yeah, take for instance, I read the book Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Yeah. And then I read about how he started Nike. Mm. He wasn't a millionaire when he started Nike. He didn't have anything. Yeah. It was just about saving and then starting small. Mm. So I was thinking, let me save this money. I don't know when I'll, what, what will I do with this money. Perhaps I'll put it in an investment or something. But then I know that somewhere in future, this money is going to work properly for me. So it's just a constant discipline. But I apply it by motivating myself, by reading motivational books and reading motivational stories. Yeah. Mm. So now that you are at the point that you are, uh, are you at the stage where you want to get outside funding since you've been funding all this on your own? Yeah, so basically, in terms of funding, it's a bit tricky because you have to look, when, you look for, when you're looking for an investor, you have to look because sometimes there are different types of funding. It's equity funding, it's debt funding. I don't want to get into debt. I'm still too young <laughs> to get into debt. And in terms of equity funding, yeah. you are bringing an investor. So you must make sure that you bring in someone who's invested in the vision mm. because you, I'm still young I could bring in an investor and then they'll crush the dream mm. so now it's about patiently building mm. for me now it's about building the brand slowly yep. bringing the brand slowly I'll enter competitions and perhaps I'll win some good capital to just keep on going until this brand is strong enough mm. I don't want to bring in investors when this brand is not ready because I feel that this brand is still too small to get investment now so I want to build value cha- a proper value chain system. Yeah. I want to have the best designer because I'm in varsity. Mm. I can attract those people. Have the best designer. Have the best person who's dealing with the finances. So immediately when I attract an investor, mm. the business is strong enough with a good value chain system so you can grow. So who are you working with at the moment? Like what does the team look like? Is there a team? Yeah, there's a team basically. Yeah. So basically... Um, it's like the founder and yeah. basically the CEO, yeah. you can see. So I deal with tra- the strategic part of the business. Yeah. 
everything strategy and it's like everything that we do goes through me yeah and then here with my friend that i have with me here he's uh-huh. our finance manager yeah so he deals with because he's studying accountancy at ug yeah. so he's dealing with the finance everything about the finance yeah and then the operations my mom is doing the operations okay yeah the orders every single thing the calls mm-hmm. she's like she, she calls herself my pa <laughs> yeah so she deals with the daily operations of the business how the, how did you get your mother to 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 be part of the business yeah so basically the crucial thing is that my mother always tells me about education because if you know if you're a black boy from the township uh-huh. they'll always preach education 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 so my mom when i started this business she said i want to ease the burden from you ah okay so after saying she wants to ease the burden from me she said okay because i'm here at home and then i don't have work like you do let me do the operations until you're able to find someone you can trust yeah to deal with the operations so basically for now it's still my mom doing the operations but then i'm trying to find someone that i can trust mm. who will do the operations the daily operations of the business mm. and also we have um my other friend for who who's been my friend since high school who's now a photographer mm. so he's basically dealing with the digital and photography of the business yeah like when you're doing video videos when you're taking photos mm. he's dealing with those stuff and we also have a friend of mine who's studying in rosebank He's our marketing manager. Yeah. And basically I brought him through this business because he studied marketing in Rosebank. Yeah. And then I thought that there's also someone studying marketing in Vets. Mm. So you're thinking after they graduate, who will they take? <laughs> Obviously they'll take someone from Vets. Uh. So now I t- I took him so that he starts with this business and yeah. then as he grows, as he's studying, he's doing You've already given him the opportunity. The opportunity. Yeah. So that after five years when someone from Vets comes out graduating is even further than them. Yeah. Because of the practical experience that he has. Yeah. yeah. So huh? basically, there's this team. Well, four, it's four uh, of us. Yeah. Isn't there five? Marketing. Oh, yeah. Operations. It's, it's five with my mom. Yeah. Five with my mom. Yeah. And do, do, you, do you guys have like board meetings? Yeah, we do. Uh. Actually, we do. Uh. We strategize. Even before we started, like, even before we got the sample, yeah. we strategized how we were going to do things. Yeah. Hence why we were able to get so much response Yeah. in just a week. Yeah. These are things we planned beginning of the year. Yeah. So we constantly have board meetings talking about, okay, James, now we're going to do this. Yeah. Now we're going to take this step. Now we're going to do this. Yeah. So what are the challenges like, like on a daily basis? Uh, because, uh, yeah, no, running a business is not easy. Yeah, be, yeah, running a business <laughs> is not easy. And especially given the fact that you are a student, so you're expected to still study as well. Yeah. And your studies don't care that you have a business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically the challenge. Being in school and studying accounting mm. sciences because accounting sciences, especially in second year, we read different standards. So basically, that needs your time, mm. and also the business needs time. So the challenging part is about keeping motivated, even though you're not getting money yet. Being invested in the dream—that's the most challenging part. And then the other challenging part is not is not receiving support. Yeah. Because you know when you're starting out, it's just a concept. There's nobody helping you. Yeah. You have to push your dream alone. Yeah. But then for me, because I have passion, I've been able to conquer these challenges until to a point where I am now. Mm. Yeah. And in term and support structure. When I say support structure, I mean who are the people around you? Because you've already told us about the team. Yeah. Uh, that's in the business. But uh, in the rest of your life, who else is there supporting you? Just making sure that you know you are doing what you're what you're meant to do. So basically, my st- strongest support structure my pillar yeah. is my mom yeah yeah she's basically my strength I, t- I talk to her about everything every single day yeah yeah so basically she's my pillar of strength 
but then in the business sense mm. there's a guys called there's a guy called Theo Baloi and Andrew Leal mm. who are who own the Batu shoe yeah i don't know if you know it the uh. sneaker the it's a sneaker okay a south african sneaker yeah yeah so basically i went to them so i constantly talk to them about business and oh teach, is it yeah and then they teach me about business because they're also in the business of making shoes mm. yeah and also how did you find them yeah so basically because you, you are from the township you know how to hustle <laughs> so i saw that they were going to an event in centurion yeah and then they posted it yeah it was a startup event yeah they were so they were going to talk there yeah so i decided let me catch a hot train and go to centurion and meet them and tell them about this idea mm. and then i told them about this idea and then i told them can i please come to your company because now they've op- they've recently opened a corporate company yeah then i told them can i come to your company and learn mm. so basically from there I went in there and then I learned about the operations. From there, I was able to take like just the concept and make it into a proper business structure. Yeah. So those basically those are the ones who support me with my business one. But then the crucial person in my business support structure is my mentor from Allen Gray, who's Kilabili Supporti. So when you are in Allen, the Allen Gray Obis Foundation, they allocate you. Uh, we call it an ELO. An mm. entrepreneurial leadership officer. Okay. So she's been my support structure in terms of in- entrepreneurship, and then on the personal side, there's someone we call a PLPO, personal leadership officer, also from Allen Gray. Okay. Who's Mulungisi Zuma? So he's been my support structure in terms of telling me about life, asking me are you okay mm. with the regular meetings that we have, and uh, and also my friend here Tabang. Mm. Yeah, he's been my support structure right through. We keep ourselves motivated. Yeah. Because of, we're still young, we're from the township. Yeah. So when it's me and him, we keep the hunger going every <laughs> single day. Yeah. So Alan Gray, I like the fact that you that you brought up the the program that you are in. Yeah. How did you actually get into the program, and has has it helped? Yeah. So in high school. Yeah. I found out that there was a foundation called Alan Gray. Yeah. Giving funding for varsity students. Mm. So basically I had to get a bursary to mm. just ease off the burden of my parents. Mm. And then I applied to go through the Allen Gray Foundation. Fortunately enough I was selected. Mm. And then I went through the program last year. It helped me really so much with entrepreneurship mm. because there they teach you about entrepreneurship. They give you speakers who will tell you about it, like motivate you. So actually, Theo Baloi, the guy who did the Batu sneakers, yeah. I met him at Allen Gray when we were at Cape Town. Oh, is it? Yeah. So he was he was one of the speakers there. Yeah. And then he was telling us about this Batu shoe. Yeah. That's where this concept was born. That's very same day where Theo Baloi was speaking. Yeah. He inspired me, touched my heart, and then I was like, Yo, I wish I could build something like something like yeah, that. something like that. Uh-huh. But then I wasn't because I'm a person I don't envy people. Mm. I ju- I'm just inspired by people. Mm. So it was like I, I just went. I came back, and then I was thinking, how can I build something similar to his, mm. so that I can bring up my your, your brothers from yeah. Makasi, yeah. give them employment and stuff. Until I was able to identify this gap, and I was like, okay, so if there is no sneaker, let me look at the shoes, mm. the soccer boots. Then I identified that oh, there's also no soccer boot brand, African soccer boot brand. Then from there I started building this concept. Yeah. So Allen Gray is a very crucial. Like for me, it's something that really inspires me. Mm. It's the heart of if my all my entrepreneurship ventures that I'm venturing on mm. now, because my idea was born inside of Allen Gray. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
That's us. We are in studio. Uh, we are with uh, Musa Maluleka, letting us know um, what's, uh, how he came up with the idea for Disky, what drives him, his support structure, and just giving us uh, some history around how um, the business actually came about. So we're just going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with the gents in studio. This is the Business Buzz. You're tuned in to the Business Buzz. We are back in studio. We are with our brand new heavy Musa Maluleka just uh, talking about his business, um, Disky, how it came about. But for now, we're just going to, you know, let him, you know, take a bit of a break because we want to talk to, we want to talk to his friend. Um, we have, uh, we have a Tabang Tladi uh, in studio with us uh, and he's going to, He's going to talk to us and we just want to know because, you know, we, we, we can already see um, that the hamster is running in, in Musa's mind. But we just want to know everything, uh, you know, some of the other things uh, that are going on. How are you, Tabang? I'm good in you. Ah, no, no, I'm doing good. Um, so how do you know this uh, fine young man? Okay, uh, I met Miss Musa in primary school. Yeah. I was in grade one. And what I liked most about him is that he was a leader. Mm. He was a leader. He didn't follow other people. He always had his had his own way. Yeah, own way of doing things, own way of living. Yeah, yeah. And I saw this because the first time that I saw him, he gave me a piece of bread, and I didn't have lunch that day. Then I, I saw that this <laughs> this is a big brother. Uh. This is a big brother. Like he takes care of the people around him. Uh. Yes. So you view him as a big brother? Yes, I do. Okay. So ha, do you think you? So has your big brother always had this uh, hustler spirit in him? Has he always been an entrepreneur? Yes. Uh, he's always had this thing of of facing his fears. Yeah. He's he's like a lion. Like <laughs> I like face, that, like a lion. Okay, yeah. He okay, can yeah. face his demons. Like yeah. he's not scared of anything. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then. In the business, I guess, now coming back to because we are talking about Disky, um, he told us just now that you are the man in charge of the finances. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that responsibility? Uh, because, you know, the, the, the rands are very important in any business. Yes, uh, I see it as a challenge, but also as an opportunity to grow mm. as a finance manager. Yeah. Because now I'm going to get a practical experience uh, in, inside a, a business. Yeah. And, yeah. And how how do you think you know things are going now? Just like since you guys started the business, how how has it been going? Okay, now like uh, I've been learning how to budget things, like like to budget uh, costs. Uh, let's say now we want to do. Let's just say now we want to go and present our 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 boot to maybe a soccer tournament. Mm. So now we're, we're gonna budget maybe a cost and see like how much we're gonna spend. And we need to like to keep the cost as low as as much as we can. Mm. Yeah. So that 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 that's how it's going over there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And you know when you're in business with your friends, you know sometimes people can uh, have differences or you can you know have disagreements. Um, so how do you guys deal? You know with some of those things because like you said he's your big brother but so you know sometimes when it comes to the business there might be something that you're seeing and you're like ah no but musa we can do it this way okay musa beginning of the year when we were discussing he told us that uh we need to share our opinions as much as we can mm. like we need to and we also need to be open for criticism like mm. I, if musa is doing something that 
I see that it's not actually going to go well. I should have the confidence to tell him. Yeah. And if he sees that I'm doing something wrong in the finance department, mm. he's going to tell me. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to accept criticism without even taking it personal. So that'll there will be no differences between us. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that's actually a very mature way of doing things. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely admit. Yeah. Um. So for you, where do you see um your friend actually going? Uh, I see big things for Mosa because this thing is a big opportunity and it's a very unique, unique business mm. in the in the in in Africa. Yeah. Because like people are just selling caps, people are just selling t-shirts yeah. like Musa was able to come up with something unique mm. so I I see this thing going big even though we're like we're still starting small but in time it's gonna go big we're gonna get investors everything is gonna go well mm. and we're gonna be uh, as big as we we dream because it's all about the dream that Musa has yeah Yes. Okay. And then lastly, you are the finance man, as we said at the start. How did you actually get into the world of finance? Have you always been a numbers person? Do you just like money? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Okay. Uh, I was always good in maths, sh- should I say? Yeah. Yeah, I was always good in maths and accounting. So I just, yeah, so I started studying in UJ. Then Musa oh, started seeing that in me. Yeah. And he, he said that he will appoint me as the finance manager yeah. and I'll grow as much as I, I can okay cool so that was us we're talking to uh we're talking to tabang Kladi, uh who is musa's friend and also the finance manager uh, of disky just giving us some some background um as to their relationship how they actually work together and i actually like the fact that uh, you guys have had the maturity to have that discussion to say if something happens, have the confidence to actually talk about it because you know sometimes when you when you when you're in business with your friends, it's always it's always a tough one, you know. <laughs> so the fact that you guys have been able to do that and actually start growing this thing together, I think it's to be encouraged. On the other side of this, we are rounding up our discussion with Musa for our branding new heavy. This is the business buzz. More justice on the business buzz. Welcome back. This is the Business Buzz, uh, your show for everything in the world of business. And uh, for today, as uh, for those who are just joining us, it is our brand new heavy. Uh, that's a part of the month. Um, every last Thursday, we celebrate a young person in South Africa, 35 years and below, who is doing other things in their industry. And in studio, uh, we've been talking uh, to Musa Maluleka, uh, who is the founder of Disky, and we just came from having a conversation um, uh, with his friend and finance manager that is Tabang Kladi just telling us the other things. So right now as we round up our discussion, uh, one of the things I wanted to find out from you is in terms of your shoes, yeah. right? What makes your shoes different? I think this is this is the thing. I've seen pictures yeah. and I was like, okay, that's an interesting looking shoe yeah right so what makes them what makes them different and uh, in terms of the designs because you said there was a back and forth and then you decided what made you decide that okay fine these are the the ones that we want so basically you know here in South Africa and Africa we have we mostly have gravel soccer pitches mm. so when you play mm. your soccer boots just last you for maybe six months eight months yeah so me and the, me and the, my my a factory supply let me say factory supply yeah we're trying to find a solution that will solve the problem in the gravel soccer pitches yeah but then it's a it's like it's a big problem mm. you can't just easily solve it yeah so we're like okay because it's like that 
what's the strongest boot that has ever been on the market, on the mm. soccer boot market? Mm. And then you found out that it was the Copa Mundial, mm. the one you're talking about. Yes, yes, the, yes. yes. Yeah. That's the best soccer boot yeah. ever. Yeah. So we were like, how can we make something like that? Because even the Copa, it, it just lasts you maybe a year mm. in the Garava soccer pitches. Yeah. So we were like, how can we, why don't we add a few more studs on the soccer boot? Yeah. And then and then just test it yeah. for this few months. Yeah. So now, basically, I'm working on the proof of concept. Yeah. I want to see if those 21 starts, because that boot has 21 starts. Yeah. People have been complaining about it. They've been saying it will give you blisters. We, we knew that. We worked on that. Because normal boots have 18. Eight, eight, yeah. 18. It's, it's 12. It's 12. 12. Yeah, 12. Sometimes they have 6. Okay. So, basically, me and the, my, my factory supplier, we knew what we were doing when we put those 21 starts. Uh. Because now, one, what, what we were working on, we made those starts to be small. Yeah. So some of them, when you're stepping on the ground, yeah. they're too small. It's yeah. like they are not even stepping on the ground. Yeah, they're so high. So immediately when those ones go down, you find another one. Yeah. So we're looking at, to see, can it be more durable? Ah. But then if it doesn't work, we'll retire. We'll retire it. Mm. We'll keep on changing. We'll keep on working on this solution until we find the proper, proper solution. Okay. That's what I was saying. We're starting small, but then we're thinking big. So mm. now it's about getting the proof of concept, playing on the, with the market, seeing what works, what doesn't work. Mm. So that in 10 years' time, you can have the solution and grow big. Okay. Yeah. So the shoes that you have sold now, yeah. or what is or how, what are people saying about them? So basically, we haven't really sold yet. We've only sold on pre-orders. Mm. No, but I'm just saying, yeah. 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 So with the shoe that we have, the, the shoe that we have that we show to people, mm. everyone has liked it. Mm. Besides when I went to Twitter, is <laughs> when people were criticizing the the two stripes. Yeah. So basically, what I told you is that because I'm still young, mm. I want to learn. Mm. Because you know what I wanted to learn. Mm. I saw that Nike and Adidas. Nike sometimes can come up with the concept of making a boot, like a sock with yeah. a soccer boot. Mm. But then people won't say. And then Adidas comes with the same concept. But then people won't say Nike copied Adidas. Mm. So I was asking myself, what's the perception of yeah, customers? Yeah. Say no, okay, now you're copying. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me combine a Nike shoe, a Adidas shoe, mm. in one concept. Mm. Put it into a market. Look and at see. the and look at how they react. Okay. I put it there. People were like, ah, this is a fake Adidas, fake Adidas. Someone's someone saying it's constructive criticism. I wasn't taking it badly. I wasn't taking it badly because that's what I wanted to see. Mm. So now I'm looking at okay, they're responding like this. They're responding like this. So the first customers will buy this space. Mm. We'll ask them for feedback and then we'll look at how people are generally responding. Yeah. If they say it's a counterfeit, it's a Adidas copy, we're going to change the design. Mm. And then after that, that's when we grow big because we'll grow big knowing what the market wants yeah. and know the perception. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's actually a very, very sound reasoning. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the things you mentioned uh, earlier on is the fact that uh, you, you you mentioned the fact that you, you've read a lot and you read a lot. Yeah. So what are you reading at the moment and why? Currently, I'm reading the book of T.D. Jakes, So. Yeah. So basically, beginning of the year, I was reading the book by Phil Knight, mm. Shoe Dog. Mm. So I was reading about how Phil Knight started this brand, mm. the Nike brand. Mm. Only to find out that the way I'm studying is the way Phil Knight started. Mm. You know how Phil Knight started his brand? Mm. He went to a Japanese like factory mm. and then he told them, can I sell your shoes mm. in USA? Yeah. Phil Knight, when he started, he didn't have his own brand. Mm. He was selling those shoes. 
from Japan. Yeah. Then that's how he started, and then he started building his brand. So I was like, okay, if he started like this, and then he built a billion-dollar business, generational legacy. Mm. So I was like, okay, he, motiv- he motivated me to start like that. Yeah. But then, and again, because there's too many things happening in the world, you can be a hype, and then there will be like, you must have could have been so successful. So you need a spiritual stronghold. Mm. So basically, that's why I'm starting to read the book called So by Terry Jakes mm. because it's a combination of spiritual strength mm. and entrepreneurial strength to go forward. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. So you said Shoe Dog, Phil Knight, yeah. and then So, so by T.D. Jakes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for those that are listening and you have a forciverous reading habit, um, perhaps you can take some of our our suggestions that are coming from Musa because on the business bus we aim to educate yeah you know <laughs> yeah. Uh, so our last question the one that we ask all our business all our brand new heavy is uh, what do you want your legacy to be you see when you speak about that you touch my heart <laughs> you really touch my heart because my parents come from a very poor background mm. so my parents my mom comes from the rural areas mm. so when you come from the rural areas you come from the rural areas to go to the townships mm. That's your upgrading. Mm. So my mom always told me, Mosa, I want you to be better than me. Mm. I don't want you to be like me. Mm. So I was like, oh, Mama, how can I be better than you when you've been like so much success going from the rural areas to the townships? Mm. But then as I grew, I realized I want to build generation legacy. Mm. I want to, after 100 years, mm. my legacy must be going on. Mm. You know what's the dream behind Disky? Mm. I want to see an African soccer player winning the ball on the whilst playing on African soil. Yeah. Because you know what? It's like take for instance in England, mm. the Badlands Premier League. They keep all their players, English players that play for the national team. All those players play for the Badlands Premier League mm. because they keep them. They give them good endorsement deals. Mm. So I want to keep all the South African players here mm. by giving them good endorsement deals with Disky, mm. so that they don't wish to go overseas yeah. until we improve the standard of the African soccer industry. Yeah. It might happen in 200 years, 250 <laughs> years. But, but that's, the, that's the vision. That's the, that's the vision. That's the legacy I'm trying to build. Yeah. And also generational legacy. Uh. I want, after 150 years, a child in my family bloodline mm. must be going to a suburb school, living a nice life mm. because of the legacy that I started to build right now. And also, I'm building something from for my brothers back in the township. Mm. Because in Atreshville, Mostly our brothers smoke nyop and stuff. So mm. I'm trying to also build something like that for them. Okay. So it's, but that's my legacy. Yeah. Generational wealth mm. that will go through. Yeah. Generational wealth, those are the words of uh, Musa Maluleka as we come to the end of the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then that will be it for today's show. You're tuned in to the business bus. It is our brand new heavy, our second one for the year of uh, 2019. Uh, this one is for April. Uh, that's uh, with uh, Musa Maluleka, who is uh, the founder of uh, Disky. Uh, thank you so much to Musa for, for being in studio with us. A lot of lessons that were coming in from there. And uh, what I like is uh, one of the things, two things that he said is one, uh, you can definitely tell uh, that this is a young man who is out with the vision, uh, but he 
he is a man who is out to educate himself um, and constantly learning in the process. Um, he's reading a lot, as you heard. Uh, there's the Phil Knight book, there's the T.D. Jakes book, and also just looking at how others who have gone before him um, have done what they have done. And the second thing that I really admire is the vision, um, the fact that he's looking for a world where one day um, an African, an African um a soccer boot will be endorsing local players you know whether that's going to happen now today 10 years he said that is that is the vision at the end of the day and also just as a way to help um the people in this community to actually come up from atridgeville yeah um so just before we go uh musa where can people actually find you if they want to actually get a perk so in all social media pages, you can type Disky. Yeah. D I S K T J I E. Yeah. So basically, today we've also launched our website. Mm. So you can find our website and read the, all the story about us. Yeah. And find what's the meaning of the name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you heard on all social medias, that's Disky, and then they've actually launched their website for today. So that's it in terms of the business buzz. Um, thank you so much to everyone who was uh, um, listening to our show. Thank you to our financial experts, Zanele Kunene, together uh, with uh, Taban Kladi, who came into studio and was just giving us some insights into the world of Musa and uh, Disky. Um, thank you so much uh, to our amazing team. On social media, remember that you can keep in touch with us and let us know what you thought of the show on facebook we are our fm that's voice of vits you can also find our other facebook page uh that's the vits radio academy on twitter we're at vowfm and then our hashtag is hashtag business buzz and then on whatsapp that's 0840784912 remember that podcasts of the business buzz show are available on vits.journalism.co.za so with that we've come to the end of tonight's show thank you so much to our amazing team our technical producer that's good together with our executive producer that's uh, Simba Honde and our producer Gloria Mabuza. Don't miss the business buzz, same time, same place next week uh, for more um, insight into the world of business. Next up on VAW FM's lineup, we have Living Electro. Remember that the business buzz is sponsored by ABSA. For myself, Murillo Mob, Justice Gavaza and the rest of the team, it's a good evening and take care. More justice on the Business Buzz. The Business Buzz Podcast.